Yo, what's good, everybody? What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of that Zay Kid Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Let's get excited. Let's get pumped. I feel good. I hope everybody out there is doing well as um as well. Um, <laughs> doing good as well. Excuse me. But I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kitt of the Isaiah Kitt Podcast, the IKP. Um, and I'm back in full effect, ready to give it, ready to give y'all a good pod. I don't want to make today's pod too long. I don't. I don't want to make. I don't want to make today's podcast episode too long. Um, we're getting. I, I feel like we're getting. You know, it's it. We've kind of had a dry spell in sports. I gave you guys a lot of NFL draft talk, especially with these quarterbacks and so forth. Um, I'm almost to the point where I just can't wait. I just can't wait. I'm eager to see what what happens and how the um and how this first round really transpires. It's been really fascinating. And to be honest with you guys, I honestly, I honestly think that this NFL draft coming up um on the 29th of April, I think it's gonna break records as far as viewership viewership. I think it's gonna break some viewership records. Um, I think the ratings are going to be out the roof because this has been a well-anticipated draft. Like, we've been talking about this draft class, especially guys like Trevor Lawrence and so forth, Justin Fields. Justin Fields has been talked about, and Trevor Lawrence has been talked about since high school. Uh, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts. You just have some phenomenal generational talents in this draft, in my opinion. In my opinion. So um, that should be very fascinating. That should be very fascinating. NBA, it's getting closer and closer. Uh, I, I wanna, I'm going to touch on the play-in situation a little bit more in depth. Uh, I touched on it the last bit of the last week's episode, or I should say Wednesday's episode, not last week, but Wednesday's, Wednesday's episode, I touched on it a little bit. I'm going to touch on it a little bit more. But speaking... <clears throat> Speaking of the draft, right? Speaking of the draft, projected number one overall pick quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, right? Trevor Lawrence, we've heard his name. You know, we've heard plenty of people say he's the greatest quarterback prospect ever. Uh, I told you guys this, I mean, a long time ago. If you're a regular listener, I told you guys this a long time ago. Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect that I have seen since Andrew Luck, right? Well, he did a sit-down interview with uh, Sports Illustrated. <clears throat> and basically, the question, the comments the comments that he made and a couple other uh, nearby family members and friends, uh, those, co- those comments that were made, <clears throat> uh, media went crazy. Most of the media, most of the media went crazy. Oh my God! You you can't be a Super Bowl winning quarterback like this. Uh, Tom Brady doesn't have this type of mentality. Well, Trevor Lawrence was uh he was asked some of the media. So some of the media are you know taking it as Lawrence doesn't actually love football, right? And the sports you know whoever did the interview, they asked what do you they asked Trevor Lawrence what do you think about that? And his and his comment was, it's hard to explain it to explain that because I want people to know that I'm passionate about what I do and it's really important to me but I don't have this huge chip on my shoulder that everyone's out to get me and I'm trying to prove everybody wrong I just don't have that uh, I can't manufacture that I want to I don't I just I, I don't want to right um then Trevor Lawrence his his wife Marissa I know I I saw that they just now got they just got married uh last weekend congratulations to those two um and his wife basically added there's also more in life than playing football right and Trevor Lawrence obviously agreed you know <laughs> I be I be wife happy life right <laughs> um He's and, and Trevor Lawrence also agreed and said, hey, I, and I think people mistake that for being a competitor. I think that's unhealthy to to a certain extent. Just always thinking that you got to prove somebody wrong. You got to you got to do more. You got to be better. And, you know, so forth and so forth. And the two the two troubling comments that caught a lot of people by surprise. And I'm not going to lie. When I first read it and when I first came across these comments, I was a bit 
taken aback for a second as well. But Trevor Lawrence's father said, hey, his dad said, hey, he's not an award-driven guy. He's not a, he's not a, I want to win a Super Bowl at all costs. Trevor Lawrence, his dad, his coach at Cartersville High School, because he's from Georgia. Trevor Lawrence is from Georgia, uh, Cartersville, a pretty good high school football program, um, pretty dominant. And in his coach added, there is no doubt that, you know, he's one of those, Trevor Lawrence is one of those guys where he can walk away from football and be fine. He can walk away from football tomorrow and be fine. Now, as I said, when I first came across these quotes, and you guys know how as much as I like Trevor Lawrence, I was a bit taken aback. I was, I was, uh, I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked that this was this was his this was the quotes that he that I came out. And then I was a little bit, and it was more so what his coach and what his dad said. That's what really caught me by surprise. But then I thought, then I thought to myself, not every quarterback has to have this Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, just killer, always aggressive and playing like a madman. And and I get it. You want your guy, you want your, you, especially you want in any player should be competitive. But especially your quarterback, your franchise quarterback, your number one overall pick quarterback, you want him to be you. You want him to have some edge to himself. You want him to be competitor, the ultra competitor. And I think Trevor Lawrence is. I think Trevor Lawrence likes football. I think he loves football, and I think he's a really good. I think he's really competitive. But not every guy, not every quarterback has to have this Tom Brady type of mentality where I watch film 25, 25 hours, eight days a week. And I know there's not eight days a week and 25 hours in a day, but you get my gist. Brady is that he's that locked in and it's nothing wrong with that. But I also think this is a different, this we got to realize this is a different generation. This is a different generation of quarterbacks. This is a different generation of quarterbacks. And this automatically when when and when and when his high school, when Trevor Lawrence high school coach said he is he Trevor Lawrence could walk away from football tomorrow and be fine. A light went off in my head. A light bulb went on my went off in my head. And I automatically thought of Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was very similar. Andrew Luck was a guy who had a lot of interests. Um, he just so happened to be really, really spectacular at football, and he, I, I'm sure he loved football, and I'm sure he still does. Uh, I'm just, you know, his body obviously just couldn't take the beating. But for Andrew Luck's first few years, he had an incompetent GM. They just could, the, the, the Indianapolis coach just could not put around their supporting cast as far as their offensive line and their running game was just not good enough. And that would often put Andrew in some bad situations, whether it whether it was him committing a turnover or or just him being hurt. But Andrew Luck was a great quarterback. Andrew Luck was a phenomenal quarterback, and he had other interests. He's hell. He started a book club. He had other interests and so forth. Aaron Rodgers. A lot of people. A lot of people underlyingly think that Aaron Rodgers has other interests and. It's quite proven that he does. Aaron Rodgers does have other interests. He's, he's he has the opportunity of kind of a lifetime to host Jeopardy. I think what we have to realize this is a different generation. This is a different generation of quarterbacks, and you don't have to. And now, would it be great that every if every quarterback studied tape and crunched tape like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady? Yeah, for sure. But not every quarterback is like that. No, what? Not every quarterback is like that, and you don't. And, and you don't have to be a great quarterback to 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 um. You don't have to be a great quarterback, and you don't have to have that mentality to be a great quarterback. Excuse me. And you think about it with Trevor Lawrence. He say he doesn't have this chip on his shoulder. Why should he? Why should he? He's been the best player in the country. Since 14, 
He's been the best quarterback in the country since he was 14. Like, first, that means he loves it. He, you know, he's been playing a game now. He he loves it. But also, why should he has it? Why should he have a chip? Why should he? Yeah, I mean, why should he have a chip on his shoulder? And think about that. He's been the best quarterback out of the in, in the country since 14 years of age. You shouldn't have a chip on your shoulder. Also, Trevor Lawrence, he's a faith-based guy. I know, I I I I I know, and I and this is why I like him so much. But he's a faith-based guy. He has different. He has more. I'm not gonna say he has different morals, but he has morals that he sticks to that I like. And he kind of gives you like with the long with the long swooping hair. He kind of gives you like beach guy vibes, surfer. He gives you surfer boy. He gives you like surf guy. Like he's a surfer vibes. He gives you those type of vibes, and it's nothing wrong with that. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a great quarterback. I think he. I think he's worth the hype. I think he's going to be absolute. I think he's going to work out absolutely well. But this whole notion that um, I, and I think people got like I said. I think I think I, I really do think people got to realize like, hey, this is a different generational. This is a different generation of quarterbacks. A lot of these guys coming out of high school, going into college, going into the pros, they 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 like they have been sheltered. And that can mean that can be in a positive way and a negative way when I mean sheltered. But these guys, they're not they're like they're not Brady where you gotta crunch film and you you know, Peyton, you gotta crunch film and watch film all day, every day. No. No, there's different ways to win. There's different ways to win. There's different ways to be a great quarterback. I feel like there's different ways, um, and we're seeing that. We, we, there's different ways. They come in all different shapes and sizes now. You got Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence who have cannons, but they're six five, six six. Josh Allen six five. Uh, Herbert is six six. You got they and they got cannons and they can move. And then you have your quarterbacks. That's Russell Wilson who. He's 5'11". Kyler Murray is, what, 5'9"? And they can move around and scramble and get rid of the ball. So quarterbacks nowadays, it's a different generation, different mentalities. They come in all different shapes and sizes. <laughs> and they all come with, you know, different um, or or even similar mentalities. And I think you can be you, – you don't have to – like I said, my main point is you don't have to be a great – you don't have to crunch film all day every day to be a great quarterback. You just don't. You don't have to be a madman like Brady with – like Brady – it's a reason why Brady has a chip on his shoulder. He was drafted – 20 quarterbacks was drafted ahead of him. 190, 198 other players were drafted in front of him. It's a reason why it's a reason why Brady has a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> it's a reason why he was the twenty. He was like the twentieth quarterback. I mean, how many quarterbacks were taken before Brady? <laughs> like, I, I mean, how many players? Period were taken before Brady. He he still has that chip on his shoulder to this day. But that's not Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, he's a guy who's been the best player in the. He's been the best player in the country. For like the last five years, it's just who he, he's just accustomed to the limelight and the pressure and the title of being the best player. Simple as that. All right. So from one highly talented pop prospect to the next, Justin Fields, right? So Justin Fields had his, Justin Fields had his second pro day. Now, I'm going to mind you guys. I'm not the biggest fan of the pro days. Uh, I, I, I like, I think people put too much emphasis on pro days. Uh, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he, his pro day looked really good. We didn't, we barely talked about it. I don't even think I talked about it. Uh, the media barely talked about it. I, I, I just feel like pro days are a bit misleading at times. I, I just feel like pro days are a bit misleading. Now, let me tell you this. So, Trev, so like I said, Justin Fields had his second pro day. He looked good. But Trevor, but Justin Fields is—he's a good quarterback, right? He's a good college prospect, and he's a good NFL prospect. And for some reason, after the college, after the college football season ended, right? After the college football season ended, 
Justin Fields was looked upon as the second highest rated uh, quarterback prospect coming into the draft, right? Or, you know, after after the season ended, right? After the college football season ended, Alabama had won it all, and Ohio State had lost in the national championship game. He was second best quarterback. Since then, a lot has transpired. Since then, there's been a lot of flip-flopping. Since then, he has gone from either two to four or two to five in a lot of people's eyes. Now, there's there's news and there's reports sparkling back up that Justin Fields is rising. He's rising back to like two and three, right? And my question is, why did he ever fall? Why did he ever fall? My que- That's my question. Why did Justin Fields ever fall? Because there was no games played. In, be- in between him dropping from the second quarterback prospect in the draft to all the way, all the way to guys, all the way to below guys like Mac Jones and Trey Lance at five. What happened? Hmm. Interesting, right? And obviously, this can be this can be attributed to him being a black quarterback, right? Um, Dan Olowski, ESPN, um, ESPN analyst. Uh, you know, he works with you know he does a lot of NFL stuff and so forth, and he's pretty good. Like Dan Olowski is pretty good. But a couple weeks ago, he was under fire because he had made um for, uh, uh, you know came out to be true that he made false comments he made fa- he gave he gave some false comments or he made false comments about travel about, about Justin Fields he said Justin Fields had a uh, you know a lot of people question his work ethic right the work ethics thing right all right well come to find out that wasn't a that that first that was not a true analysis that wasn't a true that wasn't a true breakdown and that was false he talked Dan Olowski and I give Dan Olowski credit he walked it back because he talked to a couple of Ohio State uh coaches that he knew and so forth my question is why didn't you do that prior to making this comment and then secondly okay so that that's gone out the window then there's this other narrative swirling around that, hey, Justin Fields, you know, after the first read, eh, he struggles to go through his progressions. The, uh, his other, he struggles to go through his other progressions. That's usually been the knock on Justin Fields, right? And I, and I must agree. I must admit, Justin Fields, he was his first year at Ohio State, very consistent, very consistent, pinpoint accurate. 20 and 2 as a starter. The only the only two games that he lost was in the semifinals versus Clemson the year the last year and then this past year he lost to Alabama in the, in the national championship game. So two losses at at Ohio State, right? But as I said, the narrative around Fields, another swirling, another popular narrative that's just been running wild is, you know, he doesn't he Justin Fields he's not great after his first read. He can't he can't fully go through his progressions, right? That was the knock. Well, Pro Football Focus actually gave him a grade. Here it goes. Pro Football Focus grade on throws past first read since 2019. Oh, look at that. Who's first? Trevor who who's first? I, I keep saying Trevor Lawrence. Who's first? Justin Fields. Justin Fields. PFF gave him a grade of 90 on throws past his first read. So with Justin Fields, his case, it it seems like there's just been narratives that have been thrown out there that are just completely inaccurate. And they have stuck. There has been narratives and analysis that have been thrown out into the open and they have stuck with Justin Fields and they're just completely inaccurate. Now, I do think, like I said, I do think he does have his inconsistencies. It showed 
it showed in the two games this year, Northwestern and, and Indiana. The Indiana game and the Northwestern game, he struggled majorly. He struggled. But other than that, where the where the, where the, where, the, where are the concerns with Justin Fields? He does literally everything you want a prospect to do. Literally. And this is why, this is another reason why I couldn't wrap my arms around the Mac Jones hype. I just couldn't. Because at the end of the season, Mac Jones, once again, was the fifth, he was the fifth quarterback prospect. Now, all of a sudden, he's going to be the number three overall draft pick? Get out of here. I, I, I couldn't buy the hype. I couldn't buy, I could not buy into the hype. And I, when I look at Justin Fields, somebody, I mean, I seen a throw that he made in the pro, oh my goodness. And like I said, I don't, I don't put much stock into the pro day or in, or into pro days, I should say. But uh, the throws that Justin Fields makes, Mac Jones dreams of making throws. He could only dream of making throws like that. The way, the way Justin Fields, would open up Kyle Shanahan's system is something that Mac Jones can only dream about. The, like in in the ways of Justin Fields, like just I, just only imagining and thinking about what he can do with that Shanahan offense and his skill set. Mac Jones can only dream about doing those type of things. He can't do them physically. He just can't. And you look at you look at the other you look at the other court you look at. The young quarterbacks around the league that's having that's having a tr- tremendous success, and you look at those teams, it's a lot. It's guys that can move. Mac Jones doesn't give you that, so um, I'm not I'm not surprised at all that people are starting to come to their senses with Justin Fields. I didn't I didn't really understand why he dropped. Uh, I feel like the same the same negatives or the same issues that people are rising um about Justin Fields those were some of the same things I heard from about Justin Herbert those were some of the same things I heard about Justin Herbert and Justin Herbert turned out to be pretty fine <laughs> Justin Herbert turned out to be pretty fine and he looks like an emerging superstar at the quarterback position okay and by the way, so Patriot fans, they didn't like my take, obviously, about Julian Edelman not being a Hall of Famer. Well, I, I came up with a list of current players right now in the NFL who are current players, and I'm going to decide whether or not they're Hall of Famers or not quite yet. Because a lot of Patriot fans, they did not, they, they, people, the Patriot fans, they did not like my take on Julian Edelman not being a Hall of Famer. And quite honestly, I don't care. <laughs> quite honestly, I don't give a damn. Um, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's just not. I, in my opinion, I, I and I, I, I wish I had a Hall of Fame vote. Um, but I am a proponent when it comes to the Hall of Fame. I'm a proponent that you have to be it. The Hall of Fame was designed for the elite of the elite. And if, like I said, I feel like there's two types of Hall of Famers. There's guys that are just undoubtedly Hall of Famers. And then there's there's guys like Eli Manning where there may be a small, there may, there may be a debate, but I think most people would agree that Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. But if I got a second question and second, like, uh, you just not a Hall of Famer in my book. So I'm going to go through that list of players, current players, um, to see whether or not they're Hall of Famers or not. All right. So, y'all, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So we're going to go through this thing. I have a list of players. I'm going to tell you guys whether or not they are Hall of Famers. These list of players, they vary from certain ages to certain, you know, some of them are young, some of them are a bit older, some of them. So 
you know, I'm going to tell you guys, because since this Julian Edelman thing has got everybody riled up about the Hall of Fame, and I told you guys how I feel about the Hall of Fame and so forth, I have a list of players, and I'm going to tell you whether or not they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, okay? So let's start at the top. Let's put, can we put that, can, can, my, can my screen man put the names on the board? <laughs> okay, so we got the names on the board. And at the top of the list, Russell Wilson. You guys know Russell Wilson is one of my favorite players in the in the league. Um, he's a seven-time Pro Bowler, uh, Super Bowl champ. The thing about Russell Wilson is he's never had a losing season. Russell Wilson has never had a losing season. You look at his, you know, the numbers are obviously there. You look at his numbers, 65 completion percentage. Um, yardage is going to get better over time. But touchdown-interception ratio is absolutely phenomenal. But he is a he's a bona fide winner. Now, obviously, obviously, he doesn't have the MVP award. He has he doesn't have an MVP vote. So he's still looking for that. But Russell Wilson is has he's obviously the most valuable mo, the most valuable player for the for the for the Seahawks. Arc, it's no doubt. It's no doubt. Undoubtedly. He is the most valuable player for the Seahawks, and he's the best player in franchise history. And also, get this. In the last nine years, the last nine seasons, the Seattle Seahawks have either finished first or second in the NFC West. So that's telling me that Russell Wilson, year in, year out, leads you to boom, no Marshawn Lynch, no defense half of the time. He has been able to keep this franchise above water and competing for a playoff spot. Who's next on the list? Julio Jones. Julio Jones. Okay. Julio Jones. Uh, I th- and, I, and if you guys didn't hear me, Russell Wilson, yes, he's a Hall of Famer. He would be able to get in. Yes. Um, okay. Julio Jones. Seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Um, he made the all decade team for the 2010s. Julio is definitely at this point is a, he's definitely a hall of famer. He is definitely a hall of famer. And also get this Julio, Julio Jones has three career seasons with at least 1500 receiving yards. Only four of only three other players can say that only three other players or four other players can say that. And I think that is Jerry Rice, obviously, Antonio Brown, Marvin Harrison, and Andre Johnson. So only four other players can say that they have three career seasons with at least 1,500 receiving yards. That's that's phenomenal. But I also I I've always criticized the Atlanta the the, the Falcons coaching staff for not being able to feed Julio Jones more in the red zone. So he only has 60 career touchdowns, which is really it's, it's I mean that's still good, but he should have more. And it's not really his fault, but he should have more. He should have more career touchdowns. He should be a red zone th- like a red zone machine. But I think he is a Hall of Famer. All right, so let's get into it. Who's the next guy? The next guy we have on my list is Matt Ryan, his quarterback, Julio Jones quarterback. Now Matt Ryan, you look at his stats, you look at his stats like, you know, 65 completion percentage. He has 55,000 passing yards, a really good touchdown to interception ratio, four-time Pro Bowler, MVP, all, you know, one-time All-Pro. He won Offensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and so forth. But is Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer? No. I don't think Matt Ryan at this point is a Hall of Famer. Uh, I look at a lot of his yards a lot of his stats it's like it's a it's a lot of empty calories basically his stats it's a lot it's some it's some it's some empty calorie stats um that Matt Ryan has he he has a lot of garbage yards a lot of yards that 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 have come in garbage time over the years so i would say no also last 3 seasons for Matt Ryan 7 and 9 7 and 8 4 and, and 4 and 12 so once again in, in, in comparison, in contrast to Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson never had a losing season. Matt Ryan has several losing seasons, 
Um, and as I said, that goes that goes hand in hand with the junk yards yards. He's had a lot of he's he's piled up a lot of yards over the years in 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 garbage time. So no, Matt Ryan at this point is not a Hall of Famer. Okay, next guy on the list, Odell Beckham. Now Odell Beckham, it's the reason why I chose Odell Beckham because he has an interesting story. He has an interesting story. But Odell Beckham, you look at his first four years, his first full, his first four years in his of his career. Odell had he's he got off to a Hall of Fame start. His rookie year, 90 catches, 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns. His second year, 96 catches, four, over 1,400 receiving yards, 13 touchdowns. He got off to a Hall of Fame start. He did. He really did. But the last couple seasons, that has tapered off. And you guys know I like Odell Beckham. I'm a big I'm, I'm big on Odell Beckham. But I wish he gets – I wish he would get to another situation – I think it. I think it'll do wonders for both sides. Um, both Odell and the Browns. The Browns will be saving some money. Odell would be. Ha- he would have more opportunities and chances. Um, to you know to get to get those numbers back up to where they were. I mean, he. I mean, his first year with Cleveland, he had a thousand yard year, but. It just wasn't the same Odell. It just wasn't the same Odell that we that we grow that we grew accustomed to in, with the Giants in New York. First four years were Hall of Fame years, but I, I'm going to have to say no. I don't think Odell Beckham at this point is a Hall of Famer. Um, I still I still think the window is open. You know, he can if he can stay healthy and he gets back to that form. I think he can. He can. He can. He can definitely have a strong case. Next guy on the list, Travis Kelsey. Okay. Travis Kelsey, six-time Pro Bowler, all three-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champ. Travis Kelsey, he's coming off of a career year. He's coming off a career year. He had 100-plus catches. He could have he led the league in receiving. He could have led the league in, in, in receiving this past year. So, let's see. Travis Kelsey for a tight end. For a tight end, these are Hall of Fame numbers. These are Hall of Fame numbers. I mentioned the three-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler. Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. At this point, he is a Hall of Famer at this point. Um, I, 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 think, I think he is. You look at his numbers for for. A tight end to lead the league, to almost lead the league in receiving, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. And I'm not, and I'm not just dwelling on this one year. Like Travis Kelsey has multi, there's a multitude of years and long and consistency that 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 has shown over the course of time. And he's arguably, in my opinion, I think he's the best tight end in football. So yes, Travis Kelsey at this point, even with him still being relatively young. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Next guy on my list, Jalen Ramsey. Okay, so this is going to be tough as well. Because Ramsey, he's, you know what I'm going to do? Ramsey is, he's only played, he's played six years in the league, right? Four years with the Jaguars, two years with the Rams. Ramsey He's on he's on pace to have a Hall of Fame career. He's a four-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. He's one of the best corners, if not the best corner in football. I think, in my opinion, I think he is the best corner in football. Like, he's the best man-to-man, mano-a-mano corner in football. So, I'm not going to – he's he's on pace to have a Hall of Fame career. If he can just do it for a couple more years, like if he can if he can remain consistent for a couple more years, yes, he's on his way. But at this point, Ramsey is on pace to have a Hall of Fame career. He's on pace to have a Hall of Fame career. Next player is Nadamakin Sue. Okay. 
here's where it gets a bit interesting. The Dominican Sue is a five-time All-Pro, three-time All, uh, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champ. Now, the thing about the Dominican Sue is his best year is his rookie year. After that, he just he just never got back to that form. So I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. Nadamakin Sue is not a Hall of Famer. Um, I just think the consistency it, it hasn't been there, and now he's a bit older now. But his best year was his rookie year. So basically, his rookie year he peaked. So I'm gonna say no. But I think it's close, but I'm I'm, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. So let's move on to Matthew Stafford, another former Detroit Lion. Matthew Stafford, once again, you look at his numbers, you're like, damn. I mean, Matthew Stafford, 62 complete percentage, you know, over 45,000 passing yards. Uh, he got a lot of touchdowns over his career. But it's the same with Matt Ryan. No. Matthew Stafford is not a Hall of Famer. He's not. He's not. Matthew Stafford is not a Hall of Famer. Simple as that. Okay, not a Hall of Famer. It's a lot of junkyards in no in, in, in with those stats. So it's a lot of empty calories with those stats. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Calais Campbell, six-time Pro Bowler, made the All-Decade Team. And he's a one-time All-Pro. He's made the one. He's made All-Pro one time. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give the nod to Calais Campbell. Uh, unlike Nadamik and Sue, Calais Campbell has he has been consistent. He's been consistent over the years. Nadamik and Sue quite hasn't been as consistent as Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell has been a consistent, one of the better pass rushers, DNs in the league. Since he's entered the league, basically. So I'm going to give Calais Campbell the nod. I'm going to say yes, he's a Hall of Famer. Next on my list, Tom Brady. Uh, this is this is, this is is a no-brainer. This is a no-brainer. Tom Brady's a Hall of Famer, of course. Next on the list, Jason Witten. 11-time, all, 11-time Pro Bowler, 2-time All-Pro. Yes, Jason Witten is a Hall of Famer. I don't think this needs to be – I don't think, like, I need to talk through this. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, <laughs> he's a Hall of Famer. Next on my list, Frank Gore. A lot of people may find this surprising. I'm going to give Frank Gore the nod. Five-time Pro Bowler. He made the All-Decade team for the 2010s. He has 16,000 rushing yards, which I think is top three, and he has 81 career touchdowns. Get this. Frank Gore has the longest streak of consecutive seasons with 500 plus rushing yards in NFL history. Only two, and that's tied with two players. Guess the two players that have done it Walter Payton and Emmett Smith. Okay. That's the type of rare air that Frank Gore is in with that particular stat. I'm going to say yes. Frank Gore has never been looked at as, like, quote-unquote, the best running back in the league, but he's been so consistent over the years, it's kind of hard to deny him. Um, Next on my list, Zach Martin, six-time All-Pro, oh, six-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro. Uh, At this point, yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. He's been one of the best guards in football for since he's into the league, practically. Zach Martin has been the best right guard since he's into the league, basically. Now that Quentin Nelson is here, maybe he's not the best, but Zach Martin is still an elite guard, and he's been an elite guard for a, a – he's been consistent. So, yes, I'm going to give Zach Martin the, uh, the nod. He is a Hall of Famer. Trent Williams. Trent Williams, eight-time Pro Bowler. Uh, I'm gonna give him the I'm gonna give him the nod. Trent Williams, I'm gonna give him the nod. I think 
couple more years. Trent Williams, yes, he's a Hall of Famer. He's been he's he's had he's been consistent. He's been one of the better, if not the best, left tackle in the game. So yes, I'm gonna give Trent Williams the nod. Von Miller, I'm gonna give Von Miller. Von Miller, yes, Von Miller's a Hall of Famer. Eight time Pro Bowl, eight time Pro Bowler, three time All Pro, um, defensive rookie of the year, Super Bowl champ. Uh, I think he won Super Bowl MVP as well. Von Miller, he has 100-plus career sacks. Yes, Von Miller, and, that, and that's only in eight seasons or nine seasons. Uh, so, yes, I give Von Miller the, the nod. Yes, Von Miller is a Hall of Famer. Let's see the other name, Cam Newton. Cam Newton, this is interesting because he's won an MVP award, but I think Cam Newton throughout the course of his career I think he's been a little too inconsistent, so I'm going to have to say no. I'm going to say no, Cam Newton is not a Hall of Famer. Let's look. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro. He has 60 career touchdowns, 10,000 receiving yards already, and he's only played eight years in the league. I'm going to say yes, DeAndre Hopkins, yes, at this point, yes. He's a future Hall of Famer. DeAndre Hopkins, yes, I think so. I think so. He's been, he's been, he's been elite for the last several years. He's been consistent. Um, I think another year or two, if you guys don't agree, it's probably another year or two where you say, okay, then I give DeAndre Hopkins the nod. And then last but not least, Adrian Peterson. Yes, Adrian Peterson, seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro. Um, he's won he's won Offensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, um, MVP. Yes, Adrian Peterson is a Hall of Famer. 118 re- rushing touchdowns. 118 rushing touchdowns for Adrian Peterson. Yes, he's a Hall of Famer. And get this, Adrian Peterson's Adrian Peterson has six career 200-yard rushing games. That is tied for the most in NFL history. Six 200 career rushing, six 200 career rushing games. That's tied. That's tied with OJ Simpson. So, uh some rare air right there. Uh, Adrian Peterson, yes, first ballot Hall of Famer, absolutely. So those are the list of players that I have. I felt like that was a pretty good list. Some of them could be questioned. Um, I feel like some of them, like I, I feel like I did pretty good on all of them. Um, you just gotta. I feel like you gotta be able to decipher with those junkyards guys like Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford. They have played a lot of meaningless football games. And sometimes they just have a bunch of empty calories in their numbers. So sometimes their numbers are inflated. Their numbers are a bit inflated at times. So that's where you got to be careful with the empty calorie stats and so forth. Because they played in some meaningless games. And that's where, you you know, quarterbacks tend to pile up some yards. So, yeah, those are the guys that I those, – those are the list of players that I came up with. I figured it would be pretty cool – since the Julian Edelman talk got everybody talking about the Hall of Fame and so forth. Um, so, yeah. Hey, y'all. Uh, I mean, okay, you want some new sportswear? You want some new sports apparel? You want to rep your favorite team? What are you waiting for? Go over to the 47 brand. They have up to a 30% sale right now. Up to a 30% sale right now at the 47 brand. They have your favorite teams. It don't matter what sport, what league. It can be college football. It can be NBA, NFL, MLB, um, NHL. It does not matter. The 47 brand has it. Go over there. Rep your favorite team. Don't miss out on that sale. The 47 brand. All right, so I'm going to wrap this bad boy up. But um, just wanted to talk about the play-in situation again. The play-in tournament, right? The play-in tournament, I don't like it at all. And I, 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 I kind of, like I said, I already gave my opinion. I discussed it on uh, the previous episode, uh, more towards the end. 
I thought this is towards the end of this episode too, so it's kind of a lost cause, but I'm gonna still talk about it because I'm I seriously hope that the NBA does not continue on with this play-in tournament. Um, I think for all for for all the sports, you're seeing this a lot across sports where whether it's college football, um, whether it's MLB baseball or so forth, they're just more and more and more the regular season is becoming watered down and not being as meaningful. And, you know, there's talks of expanding the college football playoff um, in the NCAA with the college football, in college football. And that would all, if you're expanded to eight or 10 or even 16 teams, you're, you're diminishing the value of the regular season. And with the NBA, with this playing tournament, I don't like it at all. I don't like it. You are you. You're. It's just. It, it doesn't make. It just doesn't make sense to me. And the way how they have it set up is just. Is this okay? The seven and eighth seeds they play each other, and then the loser of the seven and eight game plays the winner of the nine and ten. Nine. And 10. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And like I said in the previous episode, I understand why they added the play-in tournament. I understand why. It's it was like last year. Last year in the bubble, I understood why I understood why they added it. Because it was, you know, the NBA had paused, so they needed to recoup some more money. That they knew that that you know that would that's like a play, it's like a mini playoff game. It's not a it's not really a playoff game, but it has like some of the same ramifications. So essentially, it's a playoff game. So it's gonna draw it's gonna a draw a huge viewership, and also they wanted to get Zion in. So in all, it was a money grab yet last year for the NBA. It was a money grab, but this year. With the 72-game regular season, with a condensed regular season at that, and then moving on in the future, you're planning to have 82 regular season games. There is no need to have a play-in. And if you're the nine and ten, if you're the ninth and tenth seed in the playoffs, if you or if you're the ninth and tenth seed in your respective conference, you're just not good enough to make the playoffs. There's 82 in di- well this year there's 72 games where you have an opportunity to to get into the top 8. If you can't get in the top 8 within 72 games and then in a regular year 82 games, there then that means you're not good enough to be a playoff team. You're just simply not good enough. But I feel like the NBA they're allowing bad teams cuz I'm looking and especially Eastern Conference, it's bad. Like in the Eastern Conference, the Bulls are in the tenth spot, but the Bulls are ten games under five hundred. As we, I mean, as I sit right now, they may lose, but they're ten games under five hundred. They don't deserve to make the playoffs. <laughs> they just don't. They don't. They don't deserve to have a chance at making the playoffs, being ten games under five hundred. If they're the tenth spot. They're the tenth spot. It's a reason why they're the tenth spot because they're not a good basketball team. So I don't, I don't like, I don't like the playing tournament. I, I'm against it. Um, I feel like you're rewarding teams. You, you're rewarding teams that don't deserve the playoff spot, and then you're also punishing teams like teams like, for instance, teams like the Mavericks who got off to a slow start but have picked it up. Mainly after the All Star break, they have picked it up, and they're trying to maintain their spot at seven. You that shouldn't be taken away, and they shouldn't be punished because of a play in tournament. No, they shouldn't be. I, I just don't. I just don't like the whole idea. I like I said, I understood why they implemented it and and made and added it into the bubble last year because of the stoppage. But no, this year with a seven with a seventy two game regular season, 
the play-in tournament, no, I don't like it. I don't think it's I don't think it's it forms the best way to legitimately pick the teams, the best eight teams or the bottom two teams in in both for comp. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. So uh, that's my that's my final thoughts on the on the play-in tournament for the NBA. But without further ado, I'm gonna let you guys go. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, I got finals coming up, so the end of my spring semester is nearing. It's tick. The time is ticking. So, you know, I've been trying to multitask, do the pod and assignments, and you know, you know, so forth. So. Thank you guys for sticking with me. Greatly appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Always remember, two choices, one decision. I'm out. Peace, deuces. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you.